I always thought if I would do something or learn something or learn enough of something or help enough people, you know, there'd be like a message coming down from the heavens being like, so you got it. But unfortunately that didn't happen. Right. And so I kept learning and trying and, you know, being good to people and always turning the other cheek and having no boundaries because I thought, okay, it's, you know, people can treat me however they want. It doesn't matter. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode five of The Mountains We Climb. In each episode, we are going to be diving into the mind of someone who has overcome significant challenge and adversity in their lives so that we, as the listeners, can get insight into what is really possible and what it really takes. I'm your host, Jordan Kilpatrick-Smith, and today we're gonna be exploring one woman's journey of identifying and healing the invisible wounds that stop us from reaching our full potential. Sue, thank you so much for being with me. And thank you so much, Jordan, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I've been watching your podcast, and this is really a, making a powerful impact, impact on me and I think other people. They're awesome. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been so exciting. It's been such a such a wild journey. Um, just before we jump in, everyone, I'd like to remind you that you can comment and ask questions live right below this live video in the comment section, and then. Uh, we will read them and bring them into our discussion with us. So, Sue, where does where does your story start? Well, um, my story basically has started about four, between four and five years ago, and it actually started because I had everything around me started to break down. My relationship with my partner broke down. I was struggling with my relationship with my children. I was struggling financially and I was losing, you know, I was losing my community and I just started to feel really lonely and unfulfilled. And it almost got to the point where I was feeling invisible. So I think, I guess that's about where I had to start kind of, instead of looking outward for the answers, start to turn around and look inward at what I was doing and why, cause I would have been about, 42, 43, why at this age, I was feeling so lonely and so unfulfilled, even though when I looked around, my world was so full. Yeah. And so, so you had looked outside for the answers to, to fix these problems that you were having. So you mentioned relationship, um, relationship with your children financially. And what, like, where were you looking for those answers? Can you give us some ideas about what that was like for you? Yeah, I think what I was doing was I spent so much time because of, I guess, the, that subconscious recording that was playing in my mind, looking for validation from everyone around me to kind of let me know that I was doing the right thing, that I was okay, that people loved me, that I was valuable. And it took me a long time to realize that I couldn't get it from somewhere outside. That was a burden that I was placing on the people around me and in turn started to create a stress. And it was literally kind of cracking all the lines of our my relationships. Mm -hmm. And in turn, I started to make a series of bad decisions or I didn't, not necessarily bad decisions, but it just like I was never getting the result that I wanted. Everything, just every decision I made, everything became more challenging. And it just seemed like I could never do enough. Yeah. And the end result really was that I was empty, like emotionally drained, mentally drained. I started to isolate myself. 
I was having anxiety, you know, I was, it was a constant up and down. And the truth was I could never feel any type of happiness or joy. And like, when did that start in your life? Like what, what led you to the path of, of that emptiness? Like, how did you end up there? Well, I think it was because it was because I kept trying to fill myself, I, I fill myself up with something that someone else would say or some, someone else would do for me. And I forgot because I had been on the journey of like self-awareness, but I was one of those where I would read a lot of the books and then I would learn the strategies, but I wouldn't necessarily live them. I was so busy helping people around me and teaching other mm. people that I really forgot about taking that time to do the work on myself. And kind of when you start ignoring what's going on inside you, you know, your demons and your things start to creep up and your trauma that you never dealt with, maybe for like from childhood or your previous, like what's happened to you in the past. Yeah. So it was like that, the oxygen mask yeah. analogy, right? And, and it left you feeling empty and always looking for validation and fulfillment outside of yourself. Am I understanding that right? You got that. And the thing was, even when sometimes maybe I would get it, it, it didn't work. Right? I was like, oh, I still don't feel like I sh think I should be feeling when someone's like, oh, you're doing an awesome job or you're doing this right. Or, so it was always, that was almost like keep eating, but never being full. Right. So and so go ahead. What, what point, like, what was the thing that happened where you were like, where you really realized that you were in this situation? I think I just, I woke up one morning and I think my son had maybe said something to me the night before. And I just had this feeling that, you know what, I was actually invisible. Like if I wasn't really here, nobody, it wouldn't make a difference because it was almost like nobody really wanted to spend any time with me anymore, which was the feeling that I was getting, even though I had all these people around me, I felt that nobody actually wanted to spend any time with me. And I think it just, it came, I just woke up, you know, I was just kind of feeling really down and it might've been like a little period of depression and it finally hit. And then at the same time, I just had this little spurt of almost like an idea or something that just told me that, you know what, this was like my fork in the road. And I had so many times you read books and it's like, you're hitting the fork in the road. And I was like, I think I just hit my fork in the road. Either I'm going to change something I'm doing and have this wonderful life that I know I can have in my brain logically, or I'm gonna continue down this path and end up an old alone woman, like maybe with a whole bunch of cats, like, you yeah. know? So yeah, and it, it was time to make a change because everyone around me was changing, like their lives were changing and my kids were going on to college and I didn't want it to be that I would never see them again. And I didn't want to live my whole life being lonely and constantly struggling financially, even though there was no reason that I had to be. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Brenda uh, wanted to say that the way you were describing where you were and, and how you were experiencing the world, she was there too. And yeah, and I, I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation, right? Well, and I think too, you hit a certain age in your life where you're kind of asking yourself, is this all for me? Is this it? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, and I felt like I could do more, but I couldn't see that I could do more. Yeah.
you know, everything I seemed to try was seemed even 10 times hard. It was like going to the grocery store, but getting lost every time, you know, something so simple like that, or did every decision I made would kind of backfire in some way. And then I would have to do twice as much just to, you know, maintain the minimum. Yeah. And what do you think that's a result of? I want to come back to the, to the fork in the road, but since we're talking about this, like, what do you think? I, I don't know how to put that into a single word, but what do you think that that experience was, was well, coming I from? I think uh, what well, was that I hadn't dealt with the, uh, the trauma, which was, it's not really a trauma because it wasn't a physical or something like that. It was more like when I was growing up, uh, because of the way I was raised, I had an experience with my father, which was, it wasn't like he didn't hit me or anything like that, but he was very good with his words. And I looked up to him and I thought he was smart and, you know, he was a professor and he was, they were just, he was doing it right, you know, giving talks and people looked up to him. And he told me once when, you know, I had, I, had, I think I had told him that I loved him. And then as soon as I said that to him, he literally turned to me and said to me, I can remember like it was yesterday, that I didn't know what love was. And I remember from that moment, like something inside me changed. And almost like my heart shut down and my brain just went into action being like, I got to figure this out. I've got to figure this out. Like if my dad can see that, I don't even know what something so simple as love is, like how can I possibly know anything else? So I think that kind of, it basically stayed with me and it, I spent so, I, I spent the rest of really, the rest of my life trying to figure out how I was going to learn what it was and being a kid, I always thought if I would do something or learn something or learn enough of something or help enough people, you know, there'd be like a message coming down from the heavens being like, oh, Sue, you got it. Right. But unfortunately that didn't happen. Right. And so I kept learning and trying and, you know, being good to people and always turning the other cheek and having no boundaries because I thought, oh, okay, it's, you know, people can treat me however they want. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, as long as I treat them nicely, but I didn't realize that every time I was doing that, because I was putting myself in, I was, you know, younger in my twenties, I would put myself in relationships with, you know, men that were really not good for me. Mm -hmm. But the fact was, I just kept trying so hard to be like, oh, you know, one day he's going to love me and that's it. I'm going to know. But I didn't realize that every time I was doing that, the only person that needed to love me was me. Yeah. And uh, I, you know what, just, just keep going. <laughs> no, I'm just, but what I'm saying is like, and until you learn that it's, it, that was the, that was the hardest lesson I learned because the minute I would love me, they could love me. And I didn't realize that because I was making them responsible for, you know, they couldn't love me because they didn't, I wasn't loving myself. So how would they even know how to do that to me? Yeah. Or, you know, do that with me. So, and it took me almost up to 40 to figure that like 40, 42 to start figuring that stuff out because the minute you're able to like, you know, figure out what's holding you back, because even though logically I'm saying like, I can do this, you know, no challenge is going to stop me. It was that little recording in the back of my mind that, yo, you don't really know what love is. You don't really yeah. know what you're doing. You know, and I had to quiet that recording. And I think that's the one that was the really the most challenging for me to stop because I didn't realize how it rippled out 
into literally every aspect of my life. It's crazy how that, like the one little seed that might have been innocuously planted or, you know, maybe they, they had no idea that they were doing it could totally shape the foundation of who we are, right? Um, and and yeah. all of the actions that we take. And it's almost like 30 years of my life. Yeah. You know, and I didn't, re and, it, and it's so crazy to just all of a sudden realize it one day because then the minute I was able to realize it and be like, you know, no one's in charge of your feelings. You know, when you were 12, you didn't know that. So I had to also be a little bit kind because I was 12. I didn't know that. But now I'm, I was older and I knew that. So it was like, that was from, from that place. I was able to really start to make the change. I had to kind of make peace with that whole sentence, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think once I started to make peace with the sentence, it was just like, my decisions were better everything I started doing, you know, like I was getting the result that I wanted out of life. Because I think when you're, you don't necessarily always mean to, but when something's not coming from the right place, it's not making the right impact. Yeah. For you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just want to turn to chat for a second. Brenda says, yes, like absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Justina says, good morning. And Jacob says, it took me nearly dying to learn to love myself. And it's, oh, I just, this topic is, I think, so critical. And I think a lot of people, even if they can identify it, that, okay, so there's, I'm in this situation, um, you know, maybe this is coming from a lack of self-love, but then we struggle in making that change, right? Yeah. So going back to when you were at that crossroads and you're like, holy crap, this is what everyone's talking about or, or you have this crossroad. What was going through your mind before you made a decision? Uh, I think making the decision was quite easy because I had kids, right? So right. it was like, you know, on some level, I love them. And I knew that obviously I knew what love was, right? And so I, the, I think it really came down to losing them and losing my relationship with them because they were so important. And it also came to losing my relationship with myself. Like I wanted to feel whole. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like, you know, I, used to, I was calling it like becoming Sue Sedana. You know, I wanted to like really fall into my name. You know, I never really felt, I've always felt like I was searching for who I really was. Right. But I was like, no, you know what? I want to figure out who I am and I want to be that person and I want that person to walk through the world. And it's not really about anyone else loving that person. It wasn't about my kids loving me back. It was about, I just wanted to feel that love inside me for them. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you, you're at this crossroads and you saw the one path and you were like, I definitely don't want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a very active imagination, so I, I probably saw it maybe a little bit worse than it would actually be, but you need to, you know, you kind of need to make it real, and, and it could, it, I can't even say that would worse than it could actually be, because I didn't know how far you can keep going down and down and down. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and letting yourself go, and it's just like, you know, the further you get, you fall down a hole, it's the harder it is to get up. 
So I think a lot of it was like just kind of becoming, a, really taking some time to become aware because I did a lot of journaling also during that period. So if I had that idea of like, these are my two paths, I made, um, I literally wrote out specifically what I thought my life would look like in 20 years, should I continue down this path? Mm -hmm. but, and what I really wanted my life to look like. Yeah. And I think by basically visually seeing those two different paths and reading them over and kind of imagining what they were like, it really actually made us like, it, you know, it made it more real for me. So it almost made it easier to choose. And it was like, if it's my choice, which is what I believe my whole life, like my life is my choice, then why would I choose that? Because that on top of living that and like, if you're choosing it, it's almost worse. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was a lot, it was, it made it a lot easier to be like, no, I'm going to do the work I've got to do, sort out whatever I've got to sort out and really start falling, becoming the woman that I am today mm -hmm. and love myself and start and seeing what a life like coming from that place is like. And it's so much better. Yeah. You know, it's, my life is so different. It's like, if I, I don't just feel happiness now, I feel joy. Mm-hmm. And over simple things, it does. It's not like huge things. It's just simple things. Maybe it's a simple a dinner or, a, you know, going outside for a walk and seeing a really pretty cardinal. It's just, it, you know, like my whole, my uh, frame of vision, field of vision is so different right now. Yeah. The lens that we view the world through changes, right? Yeah. So when you were, so you, you saw these two paths and you, you visualized them and you wrote them in a journal and you really owned that power of choice. And you said, I am in control to make the choices in my life and there's no way I'm going to choose that one. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so what was like, were there any challenges at that point to make the decision or was the decision just like, here we go, we're going down this new path? Well, I think making the decision was easy, mm -hmm. but I think it's challenging for the people around you, right? Because so they had, everyone so far had known me this certain way, right? right? I didn't have boundaries and it wasn't that I didn't have boundaries, but it was like anyone could say anything or do anything or behave any way towards me. And I would never question them. You know, I would cry in the corner or something, you know, that really hurt, but at the table, I was also brought up in that way that like, you know, my mom always put on a good face. Right. Right. So I inherited that because I thought that's what being a good wife and mother was all about. Like when we all sit down to dinner, you don't sit down because you're angry and you sit down and you pretend to be happy, even though on the inside, you're not happy at all. So I think that the hardest part really was for everyone around me to adjust to actually for the first time seeing me love myself and I think kind of coming to grips with how it it would might have might be a little harder for them to not that's not like harder for them but because change you know something different is it's you have to kind of wrap your head around it and you have to you know it's like stepping out into different waters and it didn't all go smoothly you know, there was a period when my son didn't, he had sent me uh, something on a text that was something, you know, something like, I don't have time to have dinner with you right now. And I knew it was because obviously it was just, it was just around that fork in the road. 
So, and I knew that, you know what, this is one of my really big times to, you know, be the new me. So yeah. either I, I can be the old weeping mom and be like, oh, what's wrong, baby? Come on, you know, like, what if you want to have dinner with your mom? Or, and make it so he would have dinner, but not because he wanted to have dinner because I made him feel guilty. Because <laughs> moms are good at that. Mm -hmm. Or I could just be like, you know what? He needs his space right now. Not take it personally because I knew I had to, I had to grow. So I, I thought, you know, obviously it hurt my feelings a little. Right. But I thought, you know what? That dinner that we're going to have when I'm the new me is going to be worth it. And I'm telling you, it was. We had, you know, we took that time. So the next time we came back, even he, the way he interacted with me was so different. And now our relationship is better than it's ever been. How, how was it different when you came back as this new you, the one who showed up and loved themselves and really stood up for yourself, right? Knew well, who I, you were. I think because I didn't fall back into my old pattern, right? Because I had to also, part of this change was also recognizing, you know, my responsibility in all of this, right? So it was, what are the patterns that I created for my my family and those, my friends and people around me. Because I created those patterns, so the only one that could change them was me. Right. You know, so I think it was like really, because I had changed the pattern, I mean, obviously our first meeting was awkward. Not awkward, but I think he really didn't know what was, you know, was he coming into a room where I was just gonna start yelling at everybody and go, you know, because you sometimes you go to the opposite ends of the scale. Yeah. But because I had spent that time and done some work and it was just like, I was just starting to love myself. And the key was, I was happy. So it was like, even though he came in and I could tell that he was a little nervous and skittish, it was like, I just literally was smiling and laughing, you know, not like laughing, but like smiling and making jokes and Hey, how are you? And it, you know, it just flowed out of me. Yeah. So that when he responded to me, it was like, he was, you know, he, it took him a while, but then he relaxed. And so now if he's coming into the room, like nervous or skittish, did you say like, Hey, I'm, I'm the new Sue or like, no, I, what did I, you preface I, don't it think with? It's, I don't think it's something you have to say. I think it's, it, it becomes who you walk into that room as, right? So it was like the energy in the room was different. The energy in the house was different. Yeah. You know, it, it, I can't even say it was like a word or anything. I just think like, you know, when you go into somewhere and all of a sudden, you know, you're nervous to go in there, but then you go in there and it's like a warm hug. And I think that's because, because I was, I was already full. I was loving myself. So he didn't have to come in and be like, okay, what work do I have to do? Yeah. You know, in his mind to be like, okay, how do I make her not feel sad? Or, you know what I mean? Something, it was like, he could just come in and be himself because someone i was just i was already there and i was full and happy i was you know we were just basically there to share information and say hello and have some good times yeah absolutely so a lot of the times i notice in my clients when we when we go to make a change the people in our lives are sometimes resistant to that right so you mentioned yeah. how people had gotten used to this version of sue and then you go to make a change and show up as a different way. Did you have any experiences where someone was like trying to push you back into that old picture of yourself? Well, I think um, probably my ex was trying to 
you know, pushed me back because his whole theory, he wasn't really, his whole theory was that I was going to go and then my life was just going to be over. You know, like I was going to go down that other path. Right. You know, but that was his thought. And so I think what happened was like, you know, so I would have to see him every so often, whatever, to deal with the kids or things like that. And he was, he's very good at like, also like my dad, like negative talking, you know, not so much hurting you physically, but also just basically cutting you emotionally. So yeah. Right. So I think for him, it was hardest because it was almost like, because I was different on the inside when I would start meeting him the things he would say, they didn't lay the same way. You know, if he would say something like, oh, everything you do, you wreck. You know, but like before when he would say that, I'm sure he could notice my physical appearance changing. Like, even though I would, you know, try to have a smile on my face, it was like the the look was in my eyes. My feelings were in my eyes. My body would slouch, my pop, you know, everything would change about me. The energy that I would give off would be different. Yeah. But I think what happened was as we started to meet, and I started to change, it became harder for him to, not like harder, but it was, he kept pushing and pushing, but it, there was no resistance. Like there was no pushback for him. It was like, he would say it and it would just fly by me. Yeah. You know, and I, so I think it was probably the hardest for him. I mean, I think for my kids, it was hard, but in a different way because they were so happy, right? Cause your children love you. They want to stay want the best for you in period. So I think for them, it was more of a, like, a, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, so they didn't really give me, for them, maybe it was more of a, like, oh, she has boundaries. Oh, she, she might be busy tonight. Like, her card isn't just always open. Mm-hmm. But I think the hardest it was, was, like, my ex, because he really struggled. He didn't have anywhere to throw that negative energy anymore. Yeah. Because and how- I was catching it. Like, I thought it was, like, so, something I had to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Until I realized I didn't even have to catch it. I could actually just step out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how long were you guys together for before you we separated? Together for about 19, 20 years. So you were together with this person for almost two decades. And you got into this pattern of him throwing all of this negativity at you and really putting you down, right? Yeah. And I imagine from my own experience, you become so accustomed to that, that even when you've set out to become this person who loves themselves, when, when that happened, was there this big draw to just fall back into that own pattern and just catch it? Or how, if someone's in that situation right now, what advice would you give to them? If someone was in that situation right now, I would say, you know what, you have to really, the key, like you have to stop the pattern as early as you can. Right. Because in the, it, it, the, the catching it becomes a habit, right? It's like drinking or smoking or anything. It's like that catching part, it becomes a habit. And the problem is like, it's you're catching something, but it's like, then they're going to throw something even bigger mm-hmm. and even bigger. And I literally thought like what my job was because of the way also I was brought up, like, you know, this is my husband, we're having children together. It was my job to catch it. And not only was it my job to catch it, it was my job to catch it, fix it and make it better. Yeah. That you have to really like as early on as you can understand this, it's like you can't make someone else feel better and you can't change the way someone else is going to treat 
but they're taking a lot of cues from you. You know, so now that I look back, I'm like, you know, I could have changed so much, but I really thought because of the way I was raised that, you know, when you're uh, someone's wife or girlfriend, it's like, you just smile and, you know, you just try to do the best you can. Yeah. But life doesn't have to be like that because then there's everybody sitting like, you know, he's so busy throwing negative comments at me that you're not realizing that like, even though in my mind I'm saying, okay, it's, you know, he's, it's not, it's not real what he's saying. You know, I know who I am, but I'm telling you after years of constantly listening, it's like somewhere deep down, it builds up inside you. And then I'm going to be honest. It was like, you know, when I first had left, part of me was like, oh my God, like maybe he's right. Right. Because when I first left, it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, it, it did. It was harder. It was like I was on my own. I had like six kids or two of mine and I was fostering. So it was like I still had a lot of responsibility. I had to leave a lot of money behind. So I had to get a new plate. You know, like all of these things happen. And then sometimes I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, maybe what he's saying is right. Maybe what I'm thinking in my mind is wrong. And I think that's when you have to really start, you know, that's when you kind of have to start taking a stand. It's like, no, 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 nobody else thinks for you. Yeah. I, mean, I think when you're in the middle of it, it's really hard. Yeah. So I think what you just said there is so, 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 so important, right? Really owning that, that you are the one who thinks for you. Yeah. You are the one who makes decisions for you. You are the one who controls how you feel and how you show up. And and not letting other people dictate that, right? Yeah. And I think that the earlier that you can learn that, the better it is. And it doesn't mean that you don't love someone. Or you don't, you know, you don't love your husband or your boyfriend or whoever's in your life. It's it's more like taking a stand for yourself. Because so then, and then they can actually mirror you, like how you're treating you, they can start mirroring that. Yeah. Because also by me constantly allowing and just taking in all this negativity and not, that's what I was showing him, right? I wasn't showing him that, no, you say, you know, that's not right what you're saying. So how could he, how could anyone know that that was wrong? Yeah, Absolutely. And are you still in contact with them? Like, do you guys speak or are you? Like, don't go out for beers or anything like yeah. that. But no, we have to speak because of the children. I mean, it's still obviously a little hard for him. Yeah. And that's right? where I, what I was going to be asking. Yeah, that like? no, it's, it's, uh, we don't speak a lot. We speak very little, but like, I mean, it's more, but, but the truth is, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's the nicest he's really spoken to me in several years. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's that we can have just a simple conversation where it doesn't have to go into how horrible I am or all the bad decisions I make. Yeah. You know, like we can just have a, Hey, how are you? You know, maybe we need to get this done for the kids and it, that's it. That's not to go into any long speeches. And I think, you know, we, cause we have to start from somewhere. Yeah. And so what started to happen in your life? You chose this new path. You really started to, show up and stand up for yourself you took ownership of your thoughts and your feelings what what happened for you 
Well, actually, my whole world began to change. And it just start, started as everything that I was kind of imagining my life to be. It started to started to kind of ripple out that way. It was like I, I started a new career as a coach. So I was helping other people through transitions. And it was because mm-hmm. it was just like, now when I was helping people, the place that I was coming from was such a different place. You know, I wasn't expecting to help them. And if I helped them enough, it would fill me up. Now when I'm helping them, it's like we're both growing together. And, you know, that was fantastic for me as well. It was just like I got to start this whole new career, this whole new business. It's like for the first time I'm in control of my, the money I'm making, my finances. So I've, had, I've like been able to recoup, like losing a whole bunch of money. And I've started and got myself another house. And I'm going to say the best part about it is really my relationships with everyone. Right? My relationships with my family. I've met so many new people because also I was finding because I was living so in such a negative environment or basically holding all that negativity, I started to isolate myself in the last few years of my relationship. Mm -hmm. So even by the time when I was leaving, it's just like, okay, I left my community and my neighborhood, but didn't have a whole bunch of friends around me, right? Because part of me was like, oh, how can they even, you know, they, I can't let them really know what's going on. So it's better to just not hang out with anybody and just live here. So now I have friends and I'm, you know, not obviously going out now, but like, you know, I was going out with people and you know, it's learning new things and being able to go to workshops. And it's really the whole, like, now I'm in control of everything I'm doing. Now I'm in control of the decisions I'm making. And now when I'm making decisions, they're coming from, like, a better place. And my decisions are, like, the result of my decision is the result that it should be. And I think I also, like, the energy that I feel and that I'm giving off, like, I'm feeling like I'm starting to fulfill my purpose. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. So life, like, is it, am I right in saying that life became full? Well, yeah, that's it. It's like my whole life's like, and now I know what it's like to have a full life. You know, before it was like, I just looked like I had a full life. If you just took a quick snapshot, like, you know, a nice car, nice house, two cute kids, like, you know, vacations once a year, but it's like, now it's, it's almost like it's, it's swollen full. Right. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to, it's like lush like the Amazon rainforest. Mm-hmm. Before it wasn't so amazon <laughs> But I, and it's just like, and I think it's a different feeling. It's like, I, even when I go out in the world, the world seems fuller for me. Yeah. And so just to summarize for the people listening, where did all of that come from? Where did, where does that start? That I'm, it's, it all starts with love. And it all starts with loving yourself. And it starts with learning that, um, that you, ha- you have to love yourself. You can't expect anyone else or anything else that's going to make you feel like you have to feel that love for yourself. You have to start feeling that you're worthy, knowing that you're valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, not that you have to do something to feel worthy or do something to feel loved. It all li- and. And I used to hear people say it to me too. And I was like, oh, they're crazy, right? But it's just like, no, it's like the minute that you could, because that love that you feel now when you're, you know, when you're loving yourself, it's almost inexplainable. But it gives you such strength, such security, such confidence. Like 
the world is your oyster. It's almost like anything I think I could do, I can do. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's also, I was trying to describe it to someone the other day, and it was like, now, before when I walked on the earth, I felt like I wasn't making any footprints. You know, like I was just skimming over the top. But now I feel like I'm like, you know, you know, making a deep footprint, almost like a Sasquatch footprint. Like after I walk, you're still going to be able to see my footprints. Yeah. And doing that, it's, it's, it's like a heavy that way. It's like it's a whole different feeling. I love that. There's this, um, this analogy that I, I like to think of for self-love. And it's like we have this bucket that we're trying to fill. And so many of us keep seeing, well, I have this empty bucket, right? So we, we're turning to outside sources to fill it up without realizing that there's no bottom. And we've just it just keeps pouring out, right? And when we finally can take a look at it and, and put a bottom on it, yeah you stop having to search outside right and it's it just starts to be full <laughs> and it's yeah well i think if that's what you're saying it's like I, I kind of put the bottom on me yeah you know and and the thing is it's just like and almost once you get to that place you can't go back yeah. you know now even when i'm looking back at the, you know like whatever an old memory or something it's like i almost don't recognize that person crazy yeah and just think like how could you think that or how could you do that or why would you stay there you know what i mean yep but they you know and you also have to really the hardest part also was taking responsibility for my part and how did you so let's say someone is right now experiencing that and they say, so I'm having troubles taking responsibility. What do you say to them? Well, I, th I usually say to them that it's time to start looking at, you know, just their part, not the effects of their part, but like, what are you doing? You know, and I think sometimes for people to actually, and start being honest. I think sometimes we like to, you know, like I'm sure I did a lot of it, lie to yourself. You know, when you're in a negative situation and be like, oh, it's not really that bad or it's not really that negative. If you want the minute you start being honest, it's a lot easier to take responsibility. And you have to also remind yourself that it's like, you're not being honest so that you can beat yourself up, right? You're being honest so you can actually kind of have some clarity of seeing what's going on. Because the thing is, if you're lying to yourself, it's just like, it's almost like a web of lies. It just goes deeper and deeper. And by the end, you're not even sure what's going on and what the truth is. Yeah. But you have to really start, you know, being honest with yourself. And sometimes the first thing, the first step about being honest is like being honest with how you're feeling. You know, when someone says something that, you know, in the beginning feels hurtful to you, it's like, to come out and put a smile on your face is like, it's the first lie. It is, know? yeah. And it's just like, if you can just even notice that, hey, that's what I'm doing. You know, and because it's not really about the other person. It's really about how you're going to start to, you know, handle this. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that in the, in the beginning, it was just like, yeah, I have to stop lying. You know, I am, I do hear negative stuff. I don't feel that I'm loved. I don't feel that I even love myself. And I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah. You know, so I think once you start and 
but I would have never admitted that maybe 10 years, years, years ago. But like, then you just come to that place where it's like, no, no, if I'm going to take responsibility, I need to know what I'm really taking responsibility for. Yeah. And then when you know it's all, when it's the stuff that you're kind of your part or what you're doing or what you're thinking, it's easier to change, right? I can change me. I can't change anyone else in the room. Yeah. So if it's like, oh, I don't have to lie to myself. I can say, you know what? That actually did hurt my feelings. And there's so much freedom that comes with that, right? Exactly. And not only freedom, but it's like so many um, like different solutions come from that place. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what can I do to make, you know, what, what can I understand about that? What can I do to start, you know, making it so that I'm in charge of my yeah. So that I don't have to allow someone else or give that power to someone else to be, you know, in charge of my emotional settings. Yeah. So just before we start to wrap up here, there's a, a question that came in that I want to ask you. I want to send it your way. And it's, do we, do you think we struggle with this type of stuff because of a chemical imbalance or because of an upbringing? I think it's, it's each person is different, right? I also think, I think both go hand in hand, right? I think if you're raised a certain way and you're having certain thoughts, it really starts affecting what chemicals you're producing in your brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You understand? So it's, 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 I don't think it's really just one or the other. Yeah, I think it's like really part and parcel because if I'm happy all the time, I'm producing dopamine all the time, different kind of chemical imbalance. Yep. Right. So I just think it's like, it's, it's a little bit of both, you know, we're human. So I think it's like a whole, it's like 50, 50. Yeah. And I, I love that answer because I think that we often get caught up in it's black or white. It's this dichotomy, right? Where Either you got some chemical stuff going on or it's just an upbringing. And I, you know, to, to your answer is, is there a difference? Or are they brother and sister? Like, you yeah. know, do they go yeah. hand in hand? Exactly. Like? Yeah. So um, to, to anyone who's asking that, that question for themselves, I hope that that gives you some, some food for thought. Is, is there anything else that you want to share on about your story or, or just anything that we, we haven't covered? Um, I think we're kind of, we're getting into most of it. I believe, I think, um, there was a lot of learning. It's a big learning curve. I think people have to understand too, that, you know, really living fulfilled and feeling joyful and feeling happy also comes with the other side as well. Like, you don't just have those awesome feel like I don't just live awesome and happy all the time. Like I still have those days, but you know, that maybe I'm a little sad or upset or something didn't work out exactly how I wanted it to work out. And I think I just really want to let people know that like, it's so important to be kind to yourself because I think part of this whole, even with the, is it chemical? Is it your upbringing? Is like, we tend to be so hard on ourselves. Like you just want to blame something. You know, oh my, I'm, you know, I'm crazy or, you know, it was the way the parents raised me or someone did this. It's just like, it's not about the blame. 
Yeah. It's really just about figuring out how to kind of get all of these moving parts of your life to start working together. You know, and it's not, you know, it's not always going to run at 100. Some days you're going to run at 50. But it's in those days that you still, you're just like, that's okay. Because everyone's, the, you know, everyone has those days. I'm allowed to have those days. I don't have to be going 110 like a party clown. I'm allowed to have the days where maybe I'm just, my brain is tired. Yeah. You know, and maybe it is a chemical thing that day. Maybe I, you know, haven't eaten the right foods or, you know, I haven't had enough, whatever, dopamine, haven't been out in the sun or, and, and it's okay. It doesn't mean my whole life is over. It's literally just one day. Yeah. And tomorrow is going to be another day and, and the, and I can wake up and it, I can choose for it to be different. I love, I love that. There's, through this story, there's been so many important, important, important messages that I know I wish I had heard. Just, you know, at any point in my life, at any point, it would have been just so beneficial. And um, with, with this, guys, for the listeners, I really recommend you go and, and re-listen to this and see what you can pick out because there's so much just juicy information here. Um, so Sue, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this and helping us with, with sharing your story. Um, if someone wants to find you, where can people find you? How can people reach out to you? Uh, they can reach out to me through Facebook or I, maybe you can put up my contact details. Yep, I'll add this all into the description. Awesome, Jordan. And yeah, I guess through Facebook or they can call me directly. I live in Toronto, so that should be pretty easy. Right. I think that's probably the best way. So Facebook or just like a phone call? A phone call, yeah. Okay, awesome. So uh, I will put the link to your Facebook profile and your phone number in the description then? Yes, that would be great. Okay. Fantastic. So um, I encourage you as the listener to think of someone who might benefit from hearing this episode, from hearing these lessons and hearing this story and sharing it with them so that they too can benefit from this because there's so much useful information here and you never know how it might impact someone's life. And I just want to may say one final thing sure. is that for everyone out there is you know, whatever people say, whatever they've said for years is right. It all begins with love. And it's, and what we just have to remember, it's about loving ourselves. Yeah, it is. Awesome. So next week, we're going to be exploring one woman's fight with cancer and the mental battles and hurdles that that brings with it. That's going to be here in the Facebook group live at 10 a.m. See you then. Thank you so See much later, for being everybody. here. Thanks, Jordan.